Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Friday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with, with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow mm-hmm. yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidKid80. Once again, that's SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Sorry about that, folks. I had to adjust my chair. <laughs> you can follow me at Katie McGee on the Twitter and at Kino's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app where you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can catch any of our other five live shows throughout the week. You haven't to miss them. You can listen back or watch them at your own leisure. So make sure you download the Sports on Chicago app today. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Just type this in your search engine boxes, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any definite opinions on any of our topics that we're going to be covering for today's show during our two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid or just act straight, Ignit, as some of you young folks would say, of giving Lakina football to give you fools to beer land beer boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> Let's get started, Lakina, with this Friday edition of Second City Sports by discussing what's going on on the diamond. Resilience. You want to know what that means? It means the capacity to recover quickly from the difficulties and toughness. The ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape and among other things. The White Sox showed that at least at the end of the game yesterday by defeating the Kansas City Royals by the score of 7-4 to four to take the series three games to two. Since the Royals gave them trouble last year, the White Sox responded by winning this important series. Now, as the great 1980s singer Boy George from the band Culture Club once says, time won't give me time. Time makes the lovers feel that they got something real. While the White Sox, Tony LaRusso, and everybody else who wants to listen are telling you that the Sox still have time to recover from their mediocre start, the, the Twins are making most of their time with a three-game lead over the White Sox in the AL Central Division. 
Now, the Sox may convince you that they still had time to turn this around with the return of Johan Makata. Lance Lynn, e Eloy Jimenez, we all assume if they stay on track, are coming in the coming weeks. Now, the Minnesota Twins are making most of their time, as I mentioned, creating this three-game lead. Now, the White Sox are facing the New York Yankees in Gotham City starting tonight for a big three-game weekend series. If the series last week on the South Side is a big indication of anything, the White Sox are in a whole world of trouble. Their record stands at 19-19 and 19, with still with much more room to grow. Expectations at an all-time high. As we said on this show, last year you are the were the hunters. Now you are the hunted. Many people believe that with yesterday's win, the White Sox are finally starting to turn the corner. As I mentioned with the potential return returns of Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito and Michael Kopech pitching on Sunday night baseball against the Yankees. There is hope regaining on some parts on the south side. The question is, will it become reality sooner rather than later? We're about to answer these questions and a whole lot more. Lakina, are the south side hitmen finally turning the corner or is it just another mini tease? We'll just have to bring that this series against the Yankees this weekend, are we? I think that's probably the thing where we'll mm -hmm. see if they really are back, back, or it was just another blip in the radar. I mean, that win against the Royals to take the series was huge because they really needed that because they had lost two in a row prior to that. So they really mm -hmm. needed this, you know, this, you know, that win yesterday to kind of you know get back into a sort of get into the group as they start, you know, go up to Yankee Stadium and play the Yankees this weekend. Now, now again, I mean, you had guys step up, you know, guys were up and down. You know, Luis Robert had a you know a couple of big home runs and four RBIs in that win. You know, he had a really good series. TA had a good series. The pitching for the most part was good. I mean, you know, the, the bullpen still had, you know, some of their issues. But look, I think I think they were able to kind of you know go through, you know, come through and you know, in that sense in the end. So I, I think look again. Call me again once the once the series is, is over with against the Yankees. If they win the series, great. If they if they don't, then you'll probably uh you'll we'll probably be back to where we started. And you know, God forbid they get swept by the the Yankees. And you know, so the Yankees have been still playing pretty well lately for the most part. We'll just have to wait and see. Following Tuesday's doubleheader, the White Sox uh, game day analyst for television's NBC Sports Chicago eyes again criticized Tony LaRusso's lineup for game two of that doubleheader, which set off star shortstop to Anderson telling Isaac to shut his bleeping mouth. Lakina, I told you I had my issues with LaRusso, but I'm going to stick to it as factual uh, with the opinions based on facts, not based on silly feelings. And so we discussed on our last show on Monday. Uh, I do have a problem with Tony Larusa uh, with his uh, different lineups for every day of the week. I don't want you throwing out your Sunday lineups every third day or every fourth day. I get you want to get some guys in to keep them fresh. I know, as we said before the start of this season, Lakina, all uh, teams in Major League Baseball were had to use the whole month of April and the first part of May is their spring training. That mm -hmm. experiment is over, and Larusa is still stuck back in his ways. That's uh, detriment to this team. I don't like the way he yeah, said yeah. his lineups. I don't like the way that he's overusing that bullpen. By this rate, the bullpen will be burned out before the 4th of July. Now, yeah, I, think that's I get it that Tim Anderson was caught up. Yeah, I get it that Tim Anderson is caught up in, the, in his emotions. I know Isaac again went on to say as well that uh, you've given some players um, uh, uh, days off here and there. Uh, you, uh, they're being coddled to a certain extent, and that's why Tim Anderson went off the way he did. I think Tim Anderson maybe took it the wrong way, 
I know he's since taken that tweet down from what I understand, but uh, the problems are are bigger than what the Sox can uh, can handle right now. Remember this time last year, Lakina, uh, the the only thing that we were talking about was Jeremy Mercedes. He hit that heaven bit. He hit that three that three old pitch home run in a blowout situation at Minnesota last year. And everybody got on him. Tony Larusa chastised him in front of the media. The players had his back. And nothing else came up that besides Yerman Mercedes' struggles there afterwards, he was eventually sent down to the minors. This year, there's more controversy that the White Sox can handle right now with the Tim Anderson giving the dirty bird at Cleveland with this tweet from uh, following Tuesday night's doubleheader. Dallas Keiko yelling, bitching, and moaning about uh, being pulled in that win against the Yankees on the South Side last Saturday night. Lakina, I don't want to overstate this, but this is kind of giving me 2019 Chicago Bears vibes. The 2018 Bears, of course, lost in the playoffs to Philadelphia in ugly fashion after winning the NFC North. Of course, we all found out uh, why the, that team was acting like that because they didn't know how to handle success. Can we see the same thing with the White Sox? Are we I, looking at uh, I, I, the, I, I, with the what, White Sox? Or am I going too far? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have to, like I said, we'll have to wait and see as the season goes because I, I, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that maybe I've, I've, I've heard people use that comparison. I think people should just kind of wait a little bit. Let's wait another month. If we're still the the Sox are still in this situation, they're like three or four games behind the Twins, and the Twins are still playing well. Then you can kind of panic and say, "Oh my God!" But I think this wouldn't really wouldn't be a problem if the Sox were better than what they are. If they had a better mm-hmm. record, if they were in first place right now instead of the Twins, now that since they're in second place, they're as of you know this moment, they're three games back. Now you know, you know all the stuff that's been going on, all the shenanigans on you know with TA's Twitter and with Ozzy saying now all that's becoming into the forefront. And look, like I said before, we'll wait and see about this series against the Yankees. It's gonna you know be very interesting. You got some very uh, interesting matchups here. You got Dallas Keiko who's had an up and down. Uh, season so far against Nestor Cortez has been really solid. Only has a 1.35 ERA. So that's going to be a tough matchup for the Sox tonight. Like I said before, if as long as you'll get swept, if, if you win the series, great. You get the confidence and such. But, you know, to close, because we got other, you know, baseball stuff to talk about, because I don't want to, you know, go in too far into it. But uh, look, we'll have to wait and see as, as it goes, because they have a pretty tough schedule these next couple of weeks. All this stuff going on with the injuries and all the shenanigans, it's just, it, it's sort of, you know, it's just kind of morbid and sort of a moot point. We'll just have to wait and see. And of course, uh, you mentioned the pitching uh, matchups for the uh, for the Sox and Yankees series tonight. You, you mentioned Dallas Keuchel versus Nestor Cortez, who pitched a gym uh, here in Chicago last Sunday afternoon. Of course, Johnny Cueto, who pitched a gym in his debut earlier this week to open up the series against the Royals with six shutout innings and seven strikeouts. He'll go in tomorrow's. Uh, tomorrow's uh, game in the afternoon against the Yankees, of course, Sunday night baseball. Michael Kopech will take the hill for the South Side. So I think the White Sox will not get swept. I think they'll take at least one game out of this series. Like you say, if they win this series or heaven forbid sweep the Yankees, which I don't think is going to happen. But if they take two out of three, you really feel good about yourselves going to that Red Sox series uh, next week. Of course, you have the hated Cubs for two games uh, this time next week. But the White Sox have been pitching very good all, all season. They did that for the most part in this series against Kansas City. They've been playing near flawless defense. I know they did that uh, last week uh, in the series against the Yankees, so I think the defense should and will improve. But that offense, as we said before, looking, it has to start generating runs. 
and they scored more than four runs yesterday. It looked kind of bleak for a while, but Luis Robert, that uh, Kansas City Royals killer, uh, he did it in this series, and he did it again yesterday. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that up as you go against the Yankees and tougher pitching. Going to the north side now, um, and the Cubs. You know, Cubs, they've had an up-and-down week. You know, Christopher Morell, his first at bat, you, know, you guys saw the moment on Tuesday, mm-hmm. hit that home run, and, and Congrats. It was, yeah, and then, look, it was already, like, the game was kind of out of reach. I think they were, like, up, like, like 7 nothing by then. It was, like, at the bottom of the eighth, but he, you know, it was so exciting seeing those moments, and, you know, he almost missed first base. He was so excited, so, <laughs> of course, he had to step up because, you know, they, you know, the Cousin had some injury issues and whatnot. Now, unfortunately, they ended up losing that series against the Pirates, you know, that the inconsistency of the offense, unfortunately, they lose the opener against the Diamondbacks. They're actually going to be starting their game in about an hour from now. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, though they've had injuries and such. I know they've got like a little mini COVID outbreak. I know Hayward's um, on the COVID list, and IL, IL list and such. So it's kind of unfortunate the inconsistencies of the Cubs sort of has been a big thing you know, this season. So, again, we'll see if they can at least, you know, get back into it and hopefully they can you know, do well against the Diamond Bass and perhaps maybe win the series, win these next three, and or at the very least split it, but we'll see. Yeah, the Cubs always do well against the Pirates. That's been the story of the season, correct? And they had a chance, as you mentioned, have had a chance to sweep them. They didn't do that on Wednesday night. They, they, just ended up, they ended up taking two out of three from the lowly Pirates. But the Cubs had some decent started pitching uh, during that series. Kyle Hendricks and, of course, uh, Marcus Stroman, who made his return yesterday in that Diamondback series off the injured list. He actually didn't pitch that bad. It's just the offense didn't back him up. And that's what we said going into the year about this Cubs team there. Uh, have they have an average uh, roster as far as offense is concerned, but you don't know when they're going to put up a certain amount of runs. This offense is consistently inconsistent. You could uh, put up great numbers against bad teams, but against uh, mediocre and good teams, uh, you barely could scrape two or three runs together. And that's what we saw yesterday. Yeah, and that's going to be sort of the thing. That's unfortunately that's been plaguing them the whole season. So they they finished like I said, they finished up their uh, their weekend series against the Diamondbacks. Like I said, the first, you know, the second game of that, you know, four game resorts in about an hour from now. So we'll see if the Cubs can kind of get back into it. What caught your eye? And, they, this and they're going to honor Ferguson Jingus before yes, today's are. game. New statue. They have a statue put up finally. Finally, long overdue. Yes, finally. Oh, long overdue. Long overdue for him. And, and he, I know he's at the ballpark right now. So I'm sure he's going to, he's going to love this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's had a rough go. You know, he, he lost his wife last year. And I know he still, you know, goes to Wrigley Field a lot. So I think this will be a nice, nice sweet moment for him. And you know, look, you can check that out on Marquee Network if you guys get a chance to. Well, oh, well, you turn back and forth from us listening and watching us. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Mute the Marquee Network and turn us up right here on yeah. Sports Ocean Chicago. Yeah, exactly. So what caught your eye in MLB this week? Uh, injuries. The New York Mets. I know they beat the St. Louis Cardinals in the last at bat yesterday mm-hmm. by the score of seven to six. But uh, the New York Mets are going are joining everybody else in Major League Baseball dealing with injuries. Of course, Jacob Degrom, their ace uh, on the pitching staff, is still out with an injury. Uh, looks like Max Scherzer is going to join him as well, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. going to be out Six, for a while. Weeks. So, yeah. Six, so uh, the saying, New York yep. Mets, oh, who are lucky uh, it, uh, for the first month of the season, didn't have to deal with many serious injuries. They're going to have to deal with it now. And so, who's going to step up on that pitching staff? And Edwin Diaz, their closer, who's been Oh, to a nice start this year. He's been having trouble his last few outings. So if you can't mm-hmm. uh, keep a lead, which happened again yesterday, that's going to be a problem for them, especially with your two uh, stud aces down off that starting rotation. The Philadelphia Phillies, I know they're two, uh, two games under 500, I believe seven back in the NL East. Uh, Bryce Harper, 
I know they took mm-hmm. three or four from the Dodgers. They lost, uh, got shut out by the Padres at home yesterday. Bryce Harper's out six to eight weeks. So Philadelphia, I uh, like my, my man Joe Girardi from Chicago. Uh, he's uh, managing the, of the Phillies. Uh, he's going to have a tough task because Bryce Harper's going to be out six to eight weeks. That's going to be a big because you know, the Phillies have already had a bad start to the, to the season. So kind of mm-hmm. like a mediocre start. So now they're they're. I think they lost their series to the Padres. So, yeah, this is going to be sort of a thing. And this could be a big test for the Phillies if they can kind of at least keep things afloat until he's able to come back. It's going to be a tough task because they haven't, you know, their the offense has been kind of shaky and their, their, you know, their pitching hasn't been very good either. So we'll just have to wait yeah. and see with that. Uh, Aaron Judge is one of your leaders in home runs. Uh, he unfortunately had a, another home run that, well, unfortunately, Camden. Uh, they had other ideas that wall that kept it from hitting that home run on Tuesday. So that was sort of a weird moment, but uh, you know, but hey, what, what can you do? But uh, yeah, they do they do win their series against the Yankees. Of course, you know they you know they face the White Sox, of course, this weekend as we talked about. So gonna be interesting to see in that sense. That should be a good series there with the, like I said the Sunday Nighter um, on on ESPN. Uh, look at what the uh, the Astros are doing. They've won, mm-hmm. I believe, like eleven of their last like fifteen. They've now taken over the uh, the lead in the AL West. The Angels, unfortunately, have kind of fallen back to earth a little bit. They've lost three in a row. They're you know they've had their struggles. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Sha- you know Otani's been kind of struggling a little bit. Their pitching has been you know kind of ooh kind of like Evan flowing. So we're starting to see kind of like who the true contenders are. Toronto, I'm a little worried about Toronto. They've been having some very they've been kind of inconsistent as well. Now they're eight back of the yeah. so they, I, I know they picked it up a little bit. Yeah, they picked it up a little bit in that series against Seattle. Um uh, uh, taking uh, two games in that se- Yeah, actually so, uh, sweeping Seattle, I should say. Mm-hmm. They swept Seattle. Seattle has their own issues. I know they got destroyed by Boston at Fenway yep. last night as they yes. continue their East Coast road trip. But Toronto's starting to pick it up a little bit. You mentioned the Angels. Tampa Bay's starting to pick up, uh, pick it up a, a little bit too. Let's not forget about the Rays. And mm-hmm. so, uh, this is going to be a tough ALEs, as we told you guys. That Boston, they still have a lot of w- uh, work to do. As I mentioned, they beat Seattle last night. And so, uh, home early this week to the mm-hmm. Houston Astros. You mentioned they uh, they're picking it up, but let, let's see if Boston uh, can turn it around here. They're facing a lesser opponent in Seattle this weekend. They got out to a good start last night, scoring twelve runs. Yeah, that should help Boston, you know, confidence and such. Uh, the Dodgers, what more can you say about them? They've won five in a row. Well, again, you know, they they lost the opener against the Diamondbacks, but they ended up, you know, winning the rest of it. I think they won like one, like 12 to five or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it sort of, you know, live here. But also, too, the Padres are still right there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Padres are still right there. And also the Giants. The Giants are kind of starting to sort of, you know, wake up a little bit. Yeah, so. they woke up the Rockies. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're not as good as you think you are. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> got a little bit of a reality check there from the, the Rockies yesterday. But it's still, you know, they're still right there. Like I said, I, I think they're realizing that they're no longer the hunted, the hunter. They're not a hunted. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, with the, the great starts by the Padres and the Dodgers, it might be. Tough for the Giants to keep up. We'll just have to wait and see. But uh, overall, a solid week in MLB. And also, too, what about the Milwaukee Brewers and Atlanta Braves? Um, mm-hmm. um, Milwaukee taking two out of three from Atlanta. Atlanta, uh, for the second year in a row, they're off to a, 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 another a slow start. I don't know if it's going to be as easy as it was last year because they had the benefit of the of the Mets and the Phillies of both trip, tripping on their own two feet. And, uh, and of course, they made some acquisitions at the trade deadline, which helped them as well. I don't think th- this year is going to be as easy. 
Yeah, no, it's not. And it's going to be, it might come down to like the last like couple of weeks of the season as it, as it was maybe last year when the AL, in the NL East, I should say so. Should be interesting though in that uh, in that division, especially since no one's really perfect in that. Now the Mets have injury issues, the Braves are up and down, the Phillies. I don't think they know what direction they're going. So this is going to be a very interesting uh, NL East. Absolutely. Now going through the schedule, of course, we told you about the Diamondbacks and the Cubs facing <laughs> each other. And uh, note, folks, for all of you in St. Louis and Pittsburgh, the Cardinals and the Pirates. That's the first game that Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus double header. So you guys got to find other ways to watch uh, the game here. So. And Sunday's game between the Pirates and Cardinals will be on Peacock, part yeah. of MLB Sunday morning leadoff. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, there you go. Basically, baseball, you shot first. yourselves in the foot with this series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta and Miami, you know, Miami's actually got some pretty good young talent there. Mm -hmm. We'll see if they can, you know, give Atlanta a little bit of a hard time. Of course, we told you about the Yankees and the and the White Sox. I host the White Sox this weekend. You know, the Dodgers and the Phillies. That's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. You know, I think the Dodgers should go ahead and sweep that series, at least take, take two out of three at the worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But if they, Especially if they not without Bryce Harper. Yeah, I'll say yeah. I'd be surprised if they didn't at least get two out of take two out of three, especially like you said with the with Harper's injury. Tampa Bay and Baltimore, you know the Rays. I know that Baltimore's were giving teams a hard time this year. We'll see mm -hmm. if the Tampa can kind of get back on track. Cincinnati and Toronto. I mean, this could be this should be a nice get right series for Toronto. I hope. Yeah, this is a gift. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, perfect timing. So hopefully the Blue Jays can get back in back on track in this series. Detroit and Cleveland, Seattle and Boston. They, I know what that Boston just hammered uh, Seattle. I don't know what's going on in Seattle, but that's a whole nother uh, show there. Uh, Minnesota and Kansas City. Let's Texas, go Royals. Yeah, Texas and <laughs> right, yeah, Texas and uh, Houston. That's the second half of the Apple TV Plus doubleheader tonight. So those of you in Arlington and in Houston, you're going to have to find other ways to watch uh, that <laughs> tonight's game. Washington and uh, Milwaukee. Mets without you know some of their top guys against Colorado. That should be an interesting series there. Oakland mm -hmm. and the Angels. See, the Angels are gonna get back on track there. And also too Yeah, uh, they swept Oakland and Oakland last weekend, four games yeah. to none. So this should be a nice little get right series for the Angels. And last but not least, San Diego and San Francisco. And that's your yeah, that's your series of uh, uh, for Major League Baseball for this upcoming weekend. You're listening to Second City Sports live in 11 color for a Friday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakin here with you. We have more coming up. We have to get into the NBA Conference Finals. Boston and the Miami Heat are tied at one a game apiece. We'll preview tonight's game two of the Western Conference Finals between the Dallas Mavericks and the Golden State Warriors. Then a whole lot more basketball talk coming up right here live at the 11 color right here on sports zone chicago automotivemap.com presents the sports flash on the sports zone chicago nba thursday the bulls dropped their second straight 126 109 the loss at new orleans the bulls are 42 and 31 with the setback zach levine led the scoring for chicago with 39 points kobe white had 23 the pelicans got 30 points from Devonte graham 25 from cj mccollum and a double double from jonas valanchunas up next for the bulls they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit cleveland the blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the vegas golden knights chicago with a 4-3 win at los angeles yesterday alex de had the shootout winner colin delia 
Garcia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina right here on Sports Zone Chicago. If you want to follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG, you can do so at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the IG. We have less than 90 minutes left of this extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You have any questions or comments? Uh, during any of our topics for today's show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. This half hour, we'll be talking about the NBA Conference Finals because the Conference Finals are on and popping, as the young folks would say. Lakina, as usual, we'll start backwards. Game two of the Eastern Conference Finals took place last night in South Beach with the Boston Celtics getting the 127-102 to victory of the Miami Heat tying the best to seven series at one game apiece. Al Horford and Marcus Smart, RIP Tom Heinsohn, both missed game one, but both made their impacts in their returns to the lineup in game two. Jason Tatum had 27 points. Al Horford had 10, 10 points and three rebounds in 33 minutes of action. Marcus Smart chipped in with 24. Also, Jalen Brown chipped in with 24. It was a tight competitive first half, but the Boston Celtics ran away with the second half and ran away with the game. After Jimmy Butler's game one performance, which he totaled 41 points overall, he was held in check in game two. Lakina, both both these games were total contrast of both these teams. Miami was very competitive in game one. They needed a, a hero performance for Jimmy Butler to barely uh, uh, hold on for that game one win. But Boston Celtics defense turned up and turned loose last night, tying up their best of seven series at one game apiece. It's amazing that people are sharing, are, you know, switching their predictions as this series goes. Miami, you know, beat up Boston on Wednesday, uh, uh, Tuesday, I should say. And they said, oh, well, you know, look, uh, here you're going to sweep. Now the Celtics, you know, did the same thing to Miami. 
And everybody say, well, you know, Suns can win in like five or six or something. Like, okay, guys, stop it. It's just, it's annoying. And it's all there. Look, not, no one's going to shoot 50% from three. That doesn't always happen in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen every time. And people also have to remember, too, uh, Kyle Lowry is still out. So it looks yes. like he might be able to play game three tomorrow, it looks like. You know, nothing's officially yet. But, look, I mean, look, these things happen. Look, look even those Bulls teams got their butts kicked in uh, playoff games. I mean, no one panicked then. I'm sure uh, the Lake, those Lakers teams in both the 80s and in the present. I mean, I think LeBron, you know, and the Lakers, I think they were down like a couple of series, a couple of like, you know, mm-hmm. like big in a couple of their games. And they're in the, the bubble, uh, the bubble NBA finals, as they call it. So I think people need to kind of just chill out. Look, I have Heat and six. I'm going to stick to that. And mm-hmm. I think once Lowry comes back, and the Heat aren't at full strength either. We'll see. You know, you know, PJ Tucker's injury, that knee injury, we'll see how that goes because that, that doesn't look very good. At the moment, Bam, you only score six points. He has to step up more. Guys on the bench have to step up. You know, Oladipo did his best. He had 11, but he could do more. Duncan Robinson didn't have his best game. I know he didn't play in game one, but I I noticed that in limited action, he didn't look good last night, maybe because uh, it was a coach's decision not to play him in game one. Remember, I I, I said on this program uh, on Monday that him and Tyler Hero were my uh, keys for the Miami Heat uh, to win this series. Uh, Jimmy Butler doesn't have a a great game unlike he did in game one on Tuesday night. They need somebody else to step up scoring-wise, both Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero were both uh, great uh, great shooters. The Bulls could use both of them right now. It's not going to happen. But I digress from that. Uh, those two can fill it up on the outside. Let's not forget about Gabe Vincent, who's been that uh, unknown sub player for the Heat all year. Uh, he's been kind of been up and down in, th- in this series. But uh, Miami's going to have to uh, pick it up. But let's not be- forget about Strauss either. He's been an X factor as well. Yeah, he needs to step up too. He only had, I think, like eight points. In mm-hmm. that game yesterday, so it, it, look, it's going to be one of those six points I should say uh, Strauss had. So yeah, it's going to be. It's look, it's this could be kind of like up and down. I know, yeah, Boston has the home court, but we've seen so far that doesn't mean anything. So like I said, you know, we'll see if Kyle Lowry can play uh, tomorrow. And look, no one's going to. You know, they're not going to be fifty percent from three. That just isn't going to happen. I know Grant Williams had nineteen off the bench mm-hmm. for the Celtics. I think that that helped them as well. So I think look, guys also you know, guys just need to step up. Like like you said, hopefully Duncan Roberts is okay. Maybe just get going through like a non-COVID uh, you know, illness, maybe just getting over starting to get over that. But I think everyone needs to step up on, on both sides. Look, you know, TD Garden, you know, in Boston, look, the, the last game they played there together, the Heat actually won that game. They're actually able to pull that off. So the Heat can come back and and I think that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna come back and perhaps split one of these next two games in Boston. Yeah, check out a couple of these statistics from last night's game. Of course, you mentioned about the field goal shooting by the Celtics overall at 51%. But they shot the ball uh, very well from three-point range at, at an even 50%, while Miami barely shot it at 29%. But pay attention to this, and this is going to be key going on in this series. Free throw discrepancy. The, the Miami Heat had 22 free throw attempts, but they only made 16, while the Celtics were 21 out, out of 23 from the free throw line. That's going to be key, especially with these games, as you mentioned, coming up this weekend in the TD Bank North Garden. We know that most of the home, not to go into NBA conspiracies using air quotes here, but we know that the whole teams usually play with more uh, confidence, with more intensity. And when you uh, 
get to the basket. You draw fouls, you get to the free throw line more. So beware of that this weekend of, of for the Boston Celtics. I just nice. wanted to point out they shot 91% from the free throw line last night. That's going to be key. And like I said, you know, if, if Lowry is able to play tomorrow, I think that's going to be kind of like the big sort of, you know, that could be the big, you know, lift that Miami needs, especially if PJ Tucker has to miss a couple of games due to that knee injury. So it, that it, is that, huge for Miami. They really don't have a big man outside of Bam out of bio. Yeah. So someone else got to step up on the outside. They're going to have to play small too, if that's the case. Yeah. Well, they will have to play small because Udonis has some. He's old as us. And I don't mm. see him suiting up anytime soon. <laughs> he would be, look, we might get, you know, playoff Udonis has it from like, you know, eight years ago. So who do you, you never know. I think, yeah, especially if Tucker is out, you know, Spolstrom might not have a choice but to put him out there. So hey, look, you know, Horford. Look, Al Horford's still still doing his thing, and he's only like a couple of years younger, so he had ten points and some big threes there. So it could happen. I mean, look, strange we've seen strange things happen in the playoffs. <laughs> just, we'll see what happens there. You listen to the second city sports on Sports of Chicago. Wallace City Brown, I'm McKenna McGee. We're talking NBA conference finals right now. And yeah. let's go out west, uh Sid, well, Before we go out west, Lakina, we just want to give the schedule for the Eastern Conference. Tomorrow's uh, Saturday. Tomorrow's game three will be on ABC at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Games three and four have now shift to Boston. So the next two games are on ABC. So you have to go to bootleg cable or stream it illegally. It's on free TV, folks. So games three and four Saturday and Monday will be on ABC at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah, so there you go. And uh, it'll be on the main network, so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. We'll see if, you know, a pivotal game three coming up tomorrow in Boston. Now, now we can go west. Uh, Dallas and uh, Golden State. Game two of that series is tonight. I know people want to kind of, I know Mavs fans are not too worried at this point, but I, I know, yes, they were down. Yes, they were down uh, 2 0 against Phoenix and in the series before that against Denver, but I, I can't, or was it Utah? But I, I kind of feel like you're not playing either one of those teams. You're playing a team in Golden State where they are a veteran team. They know what to do. They know how to, uh, you know, how to, you know, step up, you know, in big, in sort of, you know, big playoff moments. So this isn't their first rodeo. So if you go down 2-0 here, I'm not going to say that they're going to sweep the Warriors, going to sweep the Mavs, but that could very well happen. I know Luca, Luca might have been a little bit under the weather. Some people are saying so. We'll see <laughs> how he looks tonight. He had 20 points, which isn't a, a, which is still kind of a Luca performance, but more guys need to step up. Even when he had 17 points, you know, Bullock had 12, but it wasn't. Those were kind of like garbage time. And uh, the Warriors, look, if everybody's up, all five well, starters scored in double figures. If that happens again tonight, and uh, Jordan Poole had 19 off the bench, so that's going to be a, a big key. If they're hitting the ball well, I'm talking about the Warriors, <laughs> you may have to watch out. A couple of things here. Luka did have a good first half, but give credit to Andrew Wiggins, uh, head coach Steve Kerr of the Warriors, uh, stuck Andrew Wiggins on Luka Doncic. Doncic didn't really get going. He only scored, I believe, two points in that second half. And Andrew Wiggins was in his face, uh, and they threw a couple of other different guys off a of pick and roll at Luka Doncic uh, to distract him, and it worked, especially in that first half. It took a big third quarter for the Warriors to really put that game away. And, and that's why you, you see the uh, scattered numbers on the stat sheet for the Dallas Mavericks. Now, you mentioned the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green uh, had a game of his life 
sort of in, in limited action in 29 minutes. He had 10 points and nine rebounds. As we said, he's the emotional leader. He's the anchor on the defensive end, and he brought it on Wednesday night. Uh, Andrew Riggs, I mentioned, he had 19 points overall, 10 in that first quarter. It was very important uh, for the Warriors to get him going in the first quarter because we all expect uh, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry to get it going for the Warriors, but you have your third guy that gets it going for you in, in the opening quarter. It sets up uh, uh, it sets up that much more for – that eases up the pressure that much more for your superstars to get into the Florida game of the game, and that's exactly what we, we saw happen. Of course, Steph ended up with 21, and Clay Thompson ended up with 15. You could look at those numbers and say, oh, they should have done more. Remember, that game was out of hand, folks, after, after that third mm -hmm. quarter. So I expect both those guys to bring it tonight. You mentioned Jordan Poole, 19 points. He really carried that war that, that Warriors team, especially uh, in that second quarter, to really uh, kind of uh, pull away a little bit uh, at halftime. Of course, the third quarter, as I mentioned, the Warriors really uh, hammered down the nail on the Dallas Mavericks there. Otto Porter Jr., that name sounds familiar to you, Bulls fans. He also had 10 points off the bench, including uh, five or seven shooting from the field. So the Warriors uh, didn't, uh, got away with not having much from their, from their bench, but uh, I expect Dallas to play much better tonight. Will that result in a win? I'm not putting it out the question, but I won't be surprised if the Dallas Mavericks come out of tonight's game with a split. Well, I, well they're going to have to show me. I, I think – Look, you 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 were able to kind of pull it off and you know real well and convincingly against the Suns, but like, like I said, you're facing a team that this is not the first time they've been through this. You know the core, I should say. And mm -hmm. look, I don't think you're not gonna scare her too much. So again, we'll have to wait and see there. And uh, the Mavericks are actually uh, the six or seventeen to lose by through by twenty three times and win by twenty three times at least in a single postseason. The joined the 82 Sixers, 96, then Supersonics, the 2010 Celtics, the 2016 Warriors, and the 2017 Spurs. Now, the only thing is, is that none of those five teams I mentioned won the won the championship. So that doesn't bode well for Dallas at this point. But again, we'll see what we'll see what happens tonight. But I think look, more folks, look, look more guys need to step up. If Luca is still kind of a little bit banged up for whatever reason. Um, Jalen Brunson needs to step a little bit more. He had 14 points. Okay. Doria Fifty Smith only had five. So look, he showed a little bit of that confidence in against Phoenix. Now let's show it show it against a team that actually has been there multiple times and can sort of put you away when you they put have your foot in their in your throats. We all have given Jason Kidd props, uh, the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, for uh, turning this team into a. a more than semi uh, very good defensive team uh, all season long. Uh, Clay Thompson was held in check with 15 points. Steph Curry uh, had 21 respectable numbers, even though it was a blowout. Uh, I expect those two to go off tonight, but can you keep Jordan Poole in check? Can you keep Andrew Wiggins in check? Because if you can, that's going to put that much more pressure on Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. As I mentioned before, if the Warriors have a third scorer step up, it makes Steph Curry's job and Clay Thompson's jobs that much easier. But if you shut down Jordan Poole and or Andrew Wiggins, uh, you putting all that pressure on Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to carry the load for the Warriors. It could be done, but it's going to be that much tougher. And I think if you're Dallas, what defense uh, do you have to? You're not going to stop Clay. You're not going to stop Steph. But can you neutralize Andrew Wiggins? Can you neutralize Jordan Poole, who's really been the uh, spark plug as that third guy scoring wide throughout these playoffs? I think that's going to be the key. I mean, like I said, if more folks, more guys need to step up. 
that's just all there is to it. And because, like, you, if things get out of hand pretty quick tonight, as it did in the, in, you know, the second, you know, the second quarter of the last game on Wednesday, <laughs> it's going to be a long series, or should I say, a quick series in that sense for the Mavericks because <laughs> they might get blown out the water. Look, Matt, the Mavs are a solid team. I'm look, you know, Jay Kidd is in his first rodeo in this. You know, we'll see if he can kind of step it up. If the other guys need to step up and help up Luca out. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens tonight. If Dallas does end up, you know, pulling it off, great. Hey, we have a series. If they go down 2 0, this could be a quick one. You're listening to Second City Sports on an all new Friday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Kenny here with you talking NBA Conference Finals. If you have a question or comment for us, who's going to win tonight's game between Dallas and and the Mavericks, or who's who do you have in the Easter Conference Final Series between the Heat and the Celtics? Let us know in the comment section at Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your answers and or your questions in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, regardless, we're go, uh, going back to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, regardless what happens tonight, you know what games three and four are coming up on Sunday and I believe Tuesday uh, in in this series. You know Luca is going to have one of those games. Where he's going to score upper 30s to mid 40s, and as we mentioned uh, about the Eastern Conference Finals with the Celtics fans at the TD Bank North Garden, those fans down there in Dallas they are fired up as well, and you know that's what uh, gets Luca going along with his teammates. You saw in that Phoenix Suns series, they shoot the lights out well when they're at home on the road, not so much. Regardless of what happens tonight, you know Dallas is going to be fired up, ready to take those uh, next two games, holding, trying to hold. Uh, home court advantage. Luca, I guarantee you, is going to have one of those games. And uh, and I don't think it's going to be a quick series regardless of what, I ha- what happens tonight. Nobody, like I said, you have to show me. You have to show me. So I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, look, I, I know Luca probably will have that type of game, but other guys have to step mm-hmm. up too to help him out. Who's to say that the Warriors will say, hey, look, let, let Luca score 35 or 40, but if we keep everybody else at bay, look, we can, and if we should hit mm-hmm. our shots. Hey, cool. You know, the, 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 you know, the series is ours and we're going back to the finals. That's going to be the thing. Now game three, game three of the series will be on Sunday on TNT at eight o'clock our time, as well as game four will also be on Tuesday. Also on TNT, all the Western conference games will be exclusively are exclusively on TNT. So make sure you guys check that out. It's basic cable folks. I'm sure you guys have it, or you might have it streaming somewhere, you know, in the, in the app. So no excuse there. <laughs> So uh, you check out the Western Conference uh, Finals. We'll see what happens tonight and the rest yeah. of this weekend. Yeah, so game two is tonight, 8 o'clock TNT. Uh, Lakina, you have any other thoughts of, on the world of basketball? I know we have, still have some time left. Uh, uh, I didn't catch uh, this program yet. I have, I'll have more on this on Monday. But Charles Berkeley debuted a show called The Great Debate. Uh, did you get a chance to check any of that out? I watched clips of it. I didn't watch, like, the the, the full okay. – I watched, like, clips of it, but – uh. Yeah, it's not like it's a cool concept, but uh, yeah, I, I think, look, you know, this is sort of like in, in his form, you can kind of go a little free-for-all, no swearing, because it's still on uh, on television, but uh, I, I feel mm-hmm. like, yeah, this should be this should be a, a fun uh, series for Charles, for, you know, show uh, folks, if for folks who don't know what the show is about. Uh, it's about basketball, from what I've seen, it's about basketball debates. He has other panelists on, I believe I saw Jackie McMullen on uh, on the panel and a couple of his buddies from TNT were on there as well and so they get into various talk 
topics about uh, the game of basketball, various players, uh, topics, and other subjects revolving the the round ball. So I'll check it out this weekend because, as you as you as as I said, I only uh, I, I DVR'd it, but I was uh, busy doing other stuff. I didn't get a chance to watch the full episode. So we'll talk about it again. On, on, we'll talk about it in more detail on Monday's show. I saw a couple because I said this is interesting. I want to see uh, how how TNT produced this. Yeah, gonna be interesting. You guys could check that out when you get a chance, or you also do it on the TNT app. We're on TNT.com now. Uh, here's our Zach Levine, I guess, rumor of the week. We don't get well, a soundboard sooner or later, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I guess the latest rumor now is that he's going back, you know, going to the Lakers. This is according to what uh, LeVar Ball said in an uh, interview he did with, he did with Never David Kaplan. I, I don't look again. <laughs> well, well, and again, I guess Casey Johnson also said that uh, that you know him going back. I'm talking about Levine going back to the Bulls is no longer a slam dunk. Now, again, unless I hear you know Zach himself say, "Hey, I'm leaving and going to you know team you know A, B, or C," then these are all just rumors. Like, hey, I'm hearing you know a barber saying this, or no disrespect, <laughs> but I don't. I'm not going to take Lavar's word for anything. You don't so, trust the folks to the barbershop either? <laughs> oh, no, whatever. Like, oh, I heard a barber, his barber uh, son or his uncle said to the the, the nephew, like, I, what? what? Like, stop, please. Stop. The barbershop is where you get your most credible information. It's the cornerstone of the black neighborhood. You don't trust the barbershop. <laughs> well, hey, look, I got a beauty shop too, but that doesn't mean I'm going to listen to everything they say. <laughs> Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Oh boy, I had to get that out of my system. But uh, as we talked about before, Lakina Zach Levine is a free agent. This is really the first time in his career that he's really, really exploring his options. That's what you're supposed to do when you're free agent: explore all of your options. Leave no, do not leave a stone or, or leave unturned. And he has a uh, Rich Paul, LeBron James's business partner, as his agent. Uh, these kinds of stories are going to come out, as you said, Lakina, until it's officially put on paper. And release from Zach himself in or his camp that he's back with the Bulls. This is what you're gonna get, and, and and I'm with Zach Levine. I don't blame him. This is this is what you fight so hard for is to become a free agent, explore all your options, and see and see what happens now in terms of uh, getting the max deal. Only the Bulls can give him the most money. Now the these other teams can give him a nice piece of change as well, but not compared to the Chicago Bulls. If it's just strictly about the money, so Zach Levine's exploring all his options. That's what you're supposed to do if you're a free agent. Hmm. I, I wonder why people don't get this. <laughs> yeah, I, I know people just want you know clicks and, and such. So yeah, I, I I don't know. Look, we don't know what Zach's gonna do. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think Zach knows at this point what he's gonna do. Of course, he's gonna look through. I mean. Okay, yeah, the Blazers, the Lakers. Okay, where where is he going to fit in the Lakers system? Like this is okay. You're dealing with uh, AD. You're, you're, I know some. I know, of course, Bulls fans are going to say, "Hey, you know what? Maybe if if you know, do a sign and trade with Zach, you know, he can go to the Lakers and you can bring AD back here." Oh, sure. You want to bring like uh, an AD that can't stay healthy? Uh, you you want? You're worried about Alonzo Ball, which we'll get to in a second. But you're worried about him. You want to worry about another player who's. Who's almost pre the brittle? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's silly how some Bulls, you know, Bulls fans on Bulls Twitter. It's just, just it's always an interesting experience in Bulls Twitter. But uh, I know I'm Portland, surprised you come out of there with little to no scars, Lakina. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you yeah, got me, you know, Portland. Twitter. 
Well, yeah, you got to think like, oh, Portland. I know Portland has, you know, some people said Portland. Uh, maybe somebody have said, you know, uh, supposedly, I guess uh, the Bulls have uh, showed interest in uh, Sixers uh, forward Matthias Thibault, uh because of, you know, the connection of Mark Eversley when he was in Philly. That rumor came out this week. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, like my, my, I, I can't, I, I can't with some of these are. Some of these rumors, but uh, I, I know San Antonio's been in the mix as well for Zach Levine. I know Greg Popovich has a uh, great respect for for Zach. I know he coached him in the Olympics last summer, but uh, San Antonio, I know they still has a rebuilding to do. But if you're Zach, or you got uh, just a snippet of taste of winning last year, of course, winning 46 games during the regular season, and uh, you got a taste of the playoffs, even though you were hurt. Uh, why would you go to San Antonio? Yeah, I know Deontay Murray. That's just uh, me. Well, yeah, I know Deontay Murray uh, had a, a tweet with a Photoshop tweet. You know, I guess it was making the rounds a couple of weeks back with him in a in a Spurs uniform. It it is like, oh, okay, uh, but you know, it, okay, we're we're hearing all kinds of rumors now. My my, it, it's sort of like, okay, folks, I know you guys want clicks and such, but until Zach says himself that where he's gonna go or where he wants to go. Let, let, let the man explore free agency. That's what he. That's what you're supposed to do. So leave the guy alone. Now, as far as Lonzo Ball, um, of course, Lavar Ball says, you know, his dad said that he'll be ready for the start of the 2023 season, and that he will not need another surgery. Again, I'm not taking his word for it. <laughs> somebody better call somebody. You know, maybe go. I guess they go to a specialist, and that there's really nothing wrong. I guess. Like there's no, no muscle or ligament damage. It's just it's just very swollen. I guess that's what they're saying. That's why he's been having trouble getting back on the court. And this is one of the things that really concerned me when the Bulls signed him last year. So yeah. this is like okay, this isn't this is not what Bulls fans wanted to hear. So he, he better be right. I'm talking about Lavar saying that Lonzo you know, will be back by the start of the season. Because if not, the Bulls have going to have even more issues and whether or not Zach, Zach's coming back. Here's the thing, Lincoln. I forgot who brought this up. I heard this over the last 24 to 48 hours. We all think that Kobe White may be traded this summer. We all may think that Patrick Williams may be traded this summer. I'm bringing up hypotheticals here. Let's just say Lonzo Ball missed the first month or two months of the regular season. If that comes out to be, of course, it's going to suck for the Bulls, but that's okay. Lonzo Ball still has... Um, the majority of this regular season left to go. He can get his game back. I think the Bulls will be okay. But heaven forbid, and I do mean heaven forbid that Lonzo Ball this lingers on deeper into next season. If you're Kobe White, you know you're in a close to perfect situation. I'm 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 I'm, I'm inexpendable. You guys need me, and mm -hmm. and Lonzo Ball can't get out on the court. My value goes up even that much more. Now, Alex Caruso. He's no Lonzo Ball. We saw what he could do last year in bringing the intensity from the defensive defensive end. And he can't add some add some additional scoring here or there, but he's no Lonzo Ball. If you're Kobe White, you're sitting there and said, okay, unless there's a player out there that's be realistically better than me in my situation, you have no choice but to keep me. And I think, look, I don't think they were going to get traded. Neither were going to trade it anyway, especially even before this news came out about Lonzo's knee. So I, I feel like, look, this is why you don't trade Kobe or uh, P. Will because you're going to need both of them, especially if he, if you know, Lonzo does end up missing 
the first month or two of the season because of that knee issue. And somebody needs mm-hmm. to get to, get to the bottom of what's going on. Is it? I know they say it's not a, a ligament thing, but is it a swollen thing? Are they going to have to go back in there, maybe like drain some stuff? Like someone's going to have to say something. And I think now's the time to do it since you got a little bit a uh, little bit of rest before you know you know training camp starts. You can kind of get the recovery going, and you can kind of you know you can kind of get back into game shape. Yeah, as we said before with the Bulls, this is going to be a critical offseason for this franchise. Of course, Arturis Connor Shelvis and GM Mark Eversley, they have some work to do. They're not going to flip this roster over like they had to over a year ago. You're now able to add some pieces. They need one, perhaps two shooters, whether it comes with this 18th pick in this upcoming NBA draft, assuming they don't trade it. And you got to uh, dig through the scrap people of free agency because outside of Zach Levine, there's no big name free agents out there this year. Uh, they're going to come at some point next summer. But focusing on this year, the Bulls need two shooters and a defensive presence from the interior. There's no, and there's no one out there that fits any of those categories. I mean, you know, a lot of guys have probably been out there for a while and they probably don't have a lot of mileage left. So like, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the thing. So, look, I, I trust, as our buddy Big Dave Watson from CHGO Bulls, would say uh, I trust uh, AK and Eversley. Let them cook. They, you know, they move. Bad guys move in silence, as they say sometimes. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised if they have something up their sleeve. Who knows? But I'm sure they'll figure it out. I think Bulls fans need to just chill and just let them do their thing. Yeah, we'll see in the days and weeks and perhaps months ahead with the franchise with in the men in red. Our number one in the books. Our number two straight ahead. Nick Saban, Deion Sanders fighting at the dinner table. Stanley Cup playoffs, second round off to a hot start. And plus, our girl, Christine the Queen, Manica from KXRB and Sioux Falls, South Dakota, will join us to give us her weekly commentary in sports, entertainment, and more. You're listening to the Friday edition of Second City Sports. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B A B B E L.com. Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports, the Friday edition, live in 11 color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kino Scover McGee on the IG. We have less than 60 minutes left of this extravagance we call the Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have any questions or comments for us during our last hour of the show, you can go to Facebook, uh, Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Coming up, we'll have our homegirl, Christine the Queen Manica from KXRB with our weekly commentary of sports, entertainment, and more. Lakina, before we get to the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, uh, update. Uh, I want to get this big subject out of the way regarding college football with the whole Deion Sanders, Nick Saban and Texas A&M head coach controversy. I'm using air quotes here for those listening back on our podcast uh, replay. Uh, this comes to us from our good friends at Yahoo Sports. Deion Sanders responds to Nick Saban's claim that Jackson State paid a guy $1 million. I don't even make a million. Now, it goes on with the article saying that it hasn't generated nearly as much controversy, but Nick Saban's explosive comments about Texas A&M and NIL name, image, like payments, also including a shot at Jackson State, where Deion Sanders is currently the head coach. While alleging that A&M bought every player on the team, made a deal, name, and image, and like in reference to the Aggies' top-ranked recruiting class, the Alabama coach also said that Jackson State paid the guy a million dollars last year. Quote, it was in the paper and they bragged about it. No one did anything about it, uh, Saban claimed. Now, while Saban did not drop a specific name, it was easy to connect the dots to Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the nation in the class of 2022, who spurned his all-time verbal commitment to Florida State to sign with Deion Sanders in Jackson State last year. Saban apologized Thursday, particularly for singling out Sanders in Jackson State. Sanders, the pro and college football Hall of Famer, entering his third season at Jackson State University, issued a quick rebuttal on Saban's initial statements late Wednesday night. Sanders was unhappy that Saban uh, insinuated that it, that it took a million dollars to recruit a top African-American prospect to play football at the HBCU. Here's uh, Deion Sanders' tweet from two days ago. You best believe I will address that lie Coach Saban told tomorrow. I was, I was in the wake by my son that sent me the article saying that we paid Travis Hunter a million dollars to play at Jackson State. We, as a people, do not have to pay our people to play with our people. On Thursday morning, Hunter issued a response in denial of his own by nothing, noting his mother's current living situation. I got, this is from a tweet from Travis Hunter yesterday, I got a meal, question mark, but my mom still stayed in a three-bedroom house with five kids, end quote. 
Well, first of all, I wanted to I wanted to wait till after we did the NHL playoffs to do this story because I, I have a lot to say. I'm not prepared to say anything about it. So thanks a lot, sir, for uh, bringing this up now. Yes, I'm putting you on blast because I wanted to wait till afterwards to do this. Okay. <laughs> but uh, but uh, look, well, well, look, because I want to get uh, Christine's uh, thoughts on this as well when she joins us in a bit. But uh, okay, I mean, look, the, N- the NIL is sort of. I'll just say this, and then we'll you know, we'll, we'll then we'll probably okay. go back to this. But you know, the NIL, like I said, it's been you know, people said this has been like the, the great equalizer for smaller schools. So. Yes, you're going to get some guys that are going to go to, you know, the HBCUs, you know, also to uh, one, you know, one, well, FCS, you know, one double or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the whole thing with with Jimbo and I think there was a, uh, I forgot, I, got a, I had to bring up a comment. So this is why I wanted to wait till afterwards to do this uh, because I wasn't, you know, I didn't have that, that article out yet. I wanted to get some time to look for it, but there was a recruit. Um, from uh, Florida State, um, I forgot he actually had a really weird career. His name's on the tip of the top of my head. I can't get his name out, but uh, I'll probably it'll probably come to me. But uh, but yeah, he said Just that. Tease. Well, yeah. Oh, and also, but yeah, sure. And um, you know the whole thing. You know the, the comments. I guess I guess uh, Saban's upset that you know that more guys. You know, you know Jimbo Fisher's been able to recruit guys to Texas A&M, but apparently uh, te- a Texas A&M signee said that he couldn't play in an All Star game in his home state. Because he was going to have his nil money taken away from him, so mm-hmm. you know that's a whole another that's a whole another issue right there. But um, excuse me, uh, Jimbo Cardo called us uh, saving a narcissist and everything else, and that that whole thing it just <laughs> it just it just was very silly. Travis Johnson was name you guys remember he's a former defensive back to start defensive back for Florida State was part of that uh, 2000 uh, Florida State team that won a national championship. And he said that he was uh, that Savas uh, uh, brought every player on their team in hand when he was at AM that he alleged that Alabama offered the, him six figures in the you know for his class, his graduating class. So <laughs> he said they, they were NIL, NIL before NIL was a thing or or legal. So you know, again, take his comments for <laughs> for what for what they're worth, but. Like I said, I mean, look, the NIL uh, thing is sort of one of those things where it's been like, like I said, it's been the great equalizer for for college uh, sports in general. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're gonna get like more more you know guys and gals like I'll, I'll add the women's sports in there as well that they're gonna you know yeah you're gonna have guys you know Imani Bates we talked to uh, with Cassie you know, our girl Cassie Carlson from uh, Fox 32 Chicago because uh, she covered you know Memphis uh, hoops when she was uh, in Memphis and. He said that one one of the schools that he's considering is Eastern Michigan, which is close to where he you know he played. He played he's, he's from mm-hmm. Ann Arbor. So we've seen it, you know, over the years, especially the last couple of years since this has been illegal, everybody's been coming you know out of the, you know the, the woodwork, you know, going to some of these uh, schools. Um, Mike Davis's kid, you know, guys remember Mike Davis, former Indiana coach. He's now over mm-hmm. in Detroit. I forgot you know, his son's name. His oldest son is actually staying over there at Detroit. You know, to play with him and also to the guys in NIL, NIL money. So you're going to see this more and more. And I, I don't know if, if Saban is just upset that he, you know, he can't, uh, that he can't, uh, quote unquote, buy recruits anymore, I guess, if you believe yeah. what Travis Johnson said. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be very interesting because if you remember, if people remember at the time, you know, Saban was at Michigan State. Now he left there to go to LSU. So. Mm-hmm. I know that kind of all that all, all this started. So I don't know. It could be all types of weird things happening. But look, Dion. I know Dion's gonna say what he's gonna say. 
you know, he's getting some of the top, well, like one of the top real wide receivers in the country, and then going, you know, over there to Jackson State. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Tennessee State, Eddie George, you know, Hall of Famer, another Hall of Famer. He's at HBCU school. He's getting some recruits as well. So the NIL has definitely, you know, kind of helped spread out the uh, the wealth, if you will. Yeah, and we'll see what happens going forward. We'll get into this discussion with our girl Christine later, Lakina. Like I said, I had some more thoughts on this as well. Now we can get to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, uh, take a look at the second round action from last night, Lakina, in the Eastern Conference second round. Uh, the in Tampa Bay Line, they have a two uh, to two to nothing series lead over the Florida Panthers after defeating Florida, taking both games in the in Sunrise, Florida. Uh, this one was a game two. It was a contest last night by the score of two to one. The Panthers just couldn't get it going. Tampa Bay held them off late in the other uh, game from last night in the Western Conference second round action. The St. Louis Blues bounced back with a big four to one win in game two, tying that best of series series at one game apiece. Oh, what a fun game that was last night. I actually turned back and forth from that lightning of, uh, you know, from the lucky Panthers game because the Celtics heat game was a, uh, you know, it kind of went on a hand. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I went back, you know, to uh, TNT and to kind of concentrate on that game of uh, Vales- Valeski had 35 saves for lightning. Andre Valeski, yes. We, well, we said that it was going to be, you know, the goaltend, it was going to be an issue. It, Going to be, I guess, not an issue, but I said it's going to be the, the difference maker. And so mm-hmm. far, he's had the edge. So if you're the Panthers, I think you need you know, more guys to step up. Claude Giroux, I mean, this is not your first rodeo in the playoffs. You know, let's kind of get back into it. Uh, Lomberg you know, has struggled too, as well, for the, the Panthers. And the Lightning, the Lightning is showing you why they're the back to back Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. You know, their guys are stepping up. Stamkos is stepping up. Nick Paul had, you know, a couple of good defensive uh, ends uh, last night. So, you know, Kusherov looks really good for the, uh, you know, for the uh, first time in this series. So I'm not saying that it's going to be a, a a sweep, but if you're the Panthers, you lose two at home, you better uh, return the favor because if they get to a point where the line to go up 3-0, not going to say it's going to be over, but mm, it might, it might it's going to be tough. Now, like I said, Florida definitely has to get one in Tampa. Uh, uh, that's going to be a tough task, as you mentioned, losing the first two games at home. It's not impossible because we see this all the time in, in hockey. But Florida has, has their work really cut out for them going down there to Tampa for uh, uh, the weekend for games three and four. Now, uh, let's go to the Western Conference uh, Series. As I said last night, St. Louis with a big game two win at Colorado, tying that series at a game apiece. I, I said Colorado should win this series at five. It'll probably go six. That's kind of what I'm sensing right now, but if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, I know with your recent failures in the playoffs over the last three or four years, are you panicking or you, are you in wait-and-see mode? You hope, yeah, you hope. Yeah, I, I wouldn't panic just yet. I mean, you, you better step up in the next game because if not, I mean, you're it, it, so you're going to get out of hand pretty quick. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe they can get it together. I mean, they've got the team to do it. They've got you know, a real – they're like, well, the, they were one of the top teams in the East you know, for a reason. So hopefully they can kind of show that. And like I said, Giroux and other guys need to step up because, like I said, if not, and help uh, and help out. Because if not, like I said, this series can get out of hand pretty quick. Now, in the other Eastern Conference series, uh, the New York Rangers from Wednesday – they dropped the game one on Wednesday on the road at Carolina 2-1 to – in overtime game two is tonight lakina the rangers i know they had a hard seven game series so did carolina but carolina um uh, did enough in that overtime to pull out the victory 
if you're a Rangers fan, I'm not worried. I think they'll win game two tonight. Carolina, as we said, they're a complete team up and down the roster. They're more physical than the, in the Rangers. The Rangers can bring the pain too, but Carolina is a more balanced team up and down the roster. But the Rangers are going to have to find some way to put the pucks in the back of the net. You're not just going to, even though the, the Stanley Cup playoffs are a, a different animal, you got to find a way to score more than one or two goals a game. And that's sort of the thing. I, I mean, they, and I'm sure the Rangers know this. I think they know that if they want to win this series against, against Carolina, they're going to have to score and score often. And yes. one or two goals isn't going to do it just because the Hurricanes uh, are a complete team from, from top to bottom. So I'm hoping that if the Rangers can, you know, pull it out you know, tonight, I hope they can because I, I feel like. You know they can they can win this series, but they need to step up like in the front. So in the in the, in the front way, especially with you know Panarin, you know and Kreider, they need to step up mm -hmm. as well. So that you know one or two goals is going to do against a team like Carolina. You're going to have to score maybe like five or six, and just just um <clears throat> just hope and pray that you get the goal ten that you need to kind of keep the Hurricanes at bay. Yes, as we mentioned, Antti Ranta, the former Blackhawk goalie now with Carolina, he's been playing his butt off in that for the Hurricanes. As we mentioned, game two is tonight uh, in that series. The other game two will take place tonight in the other Western Conference semifinal series. It's between the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. I saw your tweet from again. the other night, Lakina. <laughs> 15 goals were scored. Nine of them were by the Calgary Flames, Lakina. It took me back to my days playing video games, NHL 94, 95, <laughs> yes. 96, 97. Uh -huh. Oh, times. I was loving it. Uh, <laughs> you I said you this were, would be I a scoring it. series. I didn't think game one would be like that, but I enjoyed every minute of that. <laughs> yeah, it's the most yeah, it's a most game, most goal that's goal that should say score in a playoff game. So it's game six mm. of 1993, uh division semifinals between the Kings and the Flames. So this isn't the first time the Flames have high scoring games. I mean, look, it was because if you remember, Edmonton, you know, Calgary was up for a little bit. Edmonton came back and then kind of went back and forth and things kind of went all yeah. haywire and the Flames were able to kind of do just enough to win uh, the series. Now, like I said, it could come down to perhaps maybe someone's going to have to maybe do a stop. Somebody's going to have to the stop. <laughs> do a stop or try to anyway. So yeah. this is good. Look, this is sort of uh, as expected. So, uh Look, Goudreau, McDavid, you know, the battle there, that should be, that'll be a fun battle as it usually, as it has been, you know, Drasati and uh, Kachuk, you know, remember, you know, we saw his, his, his father Keith do this for a little bit. So we're getting he old. Is, <laughs> yeah, we are getting old. Uh, but yeah, he's pretty, but Matthew's pretty good in his own right. You know, yeah. He was a big part of that, you know, that, you know, crazy 15 goal <laughs> game. So, uh, yeah, in closing here, yeah, I, I'm hoping if you're Edmonton, you hope that you can probably kind of keep them sort of, you know, kind of like. Mike Smith, their goalie for the, for the Oilers, yes. he's got to take one back to his days as a member of the Arizona Coyotes. Mm, Ooh, yes. I don't know if he has it in him. <laughs> well, he's getting, he's getting up there in age, too, so I don't know. He yeah. may have to <laughs> kind of you know, go into the fountain of youth there, but uh, – um, yeah, this will probably, I don't know, it's going to be like eight, seven or whatever the, the score was, but, uh, hopefully it'll be still be, I'll, I'll still say like four to five to four or something like that. <laughs> hopefully those hockey horns are working tonight in Calgary, Alberta, because, uh, if that's the case, it's, it's going to be another crazy one. Just going down the schedule for this weekend's games in the Stanley cup playoffs tonight's games Friday uh, both games can be seen on ESPN starting tonight at seven o'clock Chicago time you have Rangers and Hurricanes in the east second round that's at seven o'clock at 9 30 as we mentioned Oilers and Flames uh, Flames uh, second round of the Western Conference well, that series th that's Calgary. at 9 30. Hmm. Well that horse still working in Calgary yeah, I hope it doesn't break if there's yeah. really <laughs> more scoring. 
And then, of course, tomorrow we have one game on the Saturday slate. That's on TNT at 7 o'clock. Avalanche at Blues Game 3 in that series. That series is tied up at one game apiece. And then on Sunday, yeah. That's a pivotal, uh, because I think if you're Colorado – if you're St. Louis, you're in a good spot because, look, you, you stole one you know, in Colorado mm-hmm. a couple of days ago. I think, look, I know Colorado, I think they're going to try to maybe perhaps maybe kind of return to favor and try to win these next two and one of these next two in St. Louis. And three games on Sunday. It starts out by 1230 on TNT. Game three between the Panthers and the Lightning in the Eastern Conference second round series. Of course, Tampa leads their best of seven series, two games to none. At 2.30 on ESPN, this is Sunday schedule. Uh, game three of the uh, Carolina Rangers series. This time it switches over to MSG. And, of course, at 7 o'clock on Sunday on ESPN 2, game three of the Flames and Oilers. Uh, that series will shift over to Edmonton. Lots of fun games coming up on TNT and the ESPN Family Networks. Yes. But our lovely friend is with us, Sid. Introduce her, please. Yes, she is our NFL Pick'em's guru throughout the football season. Uh, during the offseason, she's our commentary. She's our commentary, uh, commenting on sports, entertainment, and more from KXRB Radio in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Here comes our queen, Miss Christine Medica. What's up, Christine? Hello, oh, hello, there I am. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little, he's a little jumpy. That little squirt is a little jumpy at times. Yeah. How are you doing? Not too bad. Um, It's been a, this week just kind of flew by for me. So it's been pretty good. Yeah, it is. The months has been going pretty fine by pretty, pretty quickly. Okay, Sid, Um, you know, we talked about a little bit earlier just a few minutes ago, but the whole Nick Saban versus Jimbo Fisher versus Deion Sanders sort of whole thing. I got it. I'm not going to go rehash my little uh, uh, thing from earlier, but uh, I'll let you guys yeah, take the floor on this one. So I'll start with you. So here's the thing about what the Nick Saban's been complaining about, uh, about, you know, uh, this goes with college basketball as well. We know the top schools get the top uh, tier players because they are paying them money under the table. It's just a matter of fact whether NCAA wants to catch them or not. Let's just say a small school gets one or two of those players. The NCAA is all over their backs uh, for reasons uh, that we can't go into on this program. But if you get the drift, uh, you know what I'm talking about. Here's the thing now with Deion Sanders. We, uh, he said in his tweet the other day, we shouldn't have to pay our people to play with our people. I hope I got that quotation right from his tweet. Well, Deion Sanders, as we mentioned before, Lakina, and it was pointed out in that article that we talked about a few moments ago. People were upset when he got that recruit from Florida State last year to come join his program. He's doing what any other coach is doing now, which is legal, taking advantage of this rule. And if he could use it to his advantage, so be it. He's no different than any other coach. What it is is he's doing it at a, a, tradi- a, a, a school that's not traditionally known for football, you know, the HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities, they're known for putting out great bands for halftime shows, but they're not known for great football teams because they don't play they don't play the big boys in Alabama and some of the other top schools like Texas or Oklahoma on their schedule every year. And so that's a disadvantage right there. So Deion Sanders is taking advantage of this rule. He's using it to his advantage. He's no different than any other head coach. And with the Texas AM coach. Uh, I, I applaud him for defending uh, his kids and, and defending his program. But Nick Saban, uh, uh, we saw this in college basketball, Lakina. That's why Coach K uh, is out at Duke retiring. Roy Roy Williams, the same thing uh, at North Carolina. These old coaches are stepping aside because they know the NIL rule, which has been used for a long time before it became legal, 
uh, that they, they don't have the advantage over these small mid-major programs anymore. And now you're starting to see that in college football. What about what are your thoughts, Christine? You know, not knowing the situation entirely, I think it's also important to keep in mind, too, that Nick Saban is one of the winningest coaches in college football. So, so there's a reason why kids are going to Alabama. It's because what Nick Saban brings to the table, what what he brings to the program and the experience behind it. Um, and not to mention the fact nobody wants to go to like a cold state like Wisconsin or Iowa. They want to be in the sun. They want to be in the warm weather playing football all the time. So that's another part of it too. Again, not knowing the situation entirely, um, uh, there's obviously a reason why he hasn't backed out yet, let alone announced his quote unquote retirement. So um, it, it kind of just depends on where the NCAA goes from here and, and how far they want to investigate into the situation. And that's going to be the thing. I mean, I know uh, the NCAA kind of wants to sort of, you know, control it. They said that, Oh, you can't get the NIL from boosters mm -hmm. and, you know, this and that to kind of keep, I guess to keep that sort of thing going away, but you got, you know, guys and, and gals, I should say, uh, getting, you know, restaurant endorsements yeah. and home decor. I thought, so, I think I saw a softball player. She's got home decor endorsements. Like one of the, right. the home decor, the decor mm -hmm. stores, she's going to be endorsement for them. So Look, things have changed a lot in, in in college sports. I mean, the NIL when they when they you know softened the rule, it kind of you know opened a Pandora's box here. So yeah, yeah. It's a playing field now for the most part. See, here's the thing with the NCAA. We talked about this before, Lakina. How are they going to regulate this thing? I do not trust the NCAA to save my life, and, and that's one thing. But how are they going to re regulate this NIL rule? As we said before, if you're a four-star recruit, I'll just use Christine as an example. Uh, I'm the head coach. Christine, I promise you that you're going to get this much playing time uh, to play quarterback at Alabama. But if I found this kid that is better than you, I'm going to give him – the playing time, and of course, he's going to get out of uh, get a better NIL deal uh, with uh, 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 with a restaurant sponsorship or car dealership or what have you. You left out in the cold, Christine, because who's going to pay that top dollar for a backup? That's not going to happen. How are these schools going to regulate this? How's the NCAA going to regulate this? Yeah, That's the number one question in my eyes. Yeah, you know, you're right. But then again, if you look at professional sports, that happens all the time. Take the Bears, for example. Andy Dalton blatantly mm -hmm. said, the only reason why I'm here is because they told me I was starting for the mm -hmm. entire season. And then Fair, look yep. what happened. So in a way, it teaches these college athletes life and what they can expect in the future. It's not necessarily a, a bad lesson for mm -hmm. them to learn. But again, they're only kids. Do you want them to be exposed to that type of an environment? Yeah, I think that's going to be the thing. And it's probably another reason why Mark Emmert is leaving next June. So that could be one of the reasons why he's leaving. So <laughs> I don't I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. And uh, apparently, I guess um, I'm trying to see if there were like other comments made, you know, this last couple of days, but I haven't seen any. So. I, I, is that to say that uh, that um, Nick Saban and Dion will not be appearing anymore at that commercials together anymore? I'm just saying, I think that, <laughs> ship has, that ship has sailed, I think. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it'll just see. We'll keep you guys updated as usual in the NIL and all the other uh, front. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm the Kenny McGee, along with our girl KXRB's Christine Manica. Uh, 
we'll talk about let's talk about the White Sox first. We still got a couple more minutes before we go to break. Now it looks like you know they got they got a much needed series win against the Royals. They have a big one tonight. You know this weekend against the Yankees. Where do you see the Sox? You know as we go into like sort of a after the Yankees, they kind of got, got a little bit lighter part of their schedule coming up with the Red Sox and the Cubs. But where do you see the Sox at this point, Christine? Gosh, you know, I wouldn't. The Yankees are really good this year. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. Like they are one of the one of the top teams in baseball right now. If they get a win or two out of this series, good for them. You know that that's another feather in their cap. But if things keep on going the way that they're going, I I don't see really anything coming out of this series. I got a my my grandpa's so great. He uh he sends me all of these you know, articles and stuff like that about the White Sox. And and he did something pretty interesting. The batting averages for the White Sox right now, again, this is from yesterday, but you look at Moncada, that's 194, Abreu, 212. You have Sheets, 213, Ingle, 220. They're not that impressive. They got to get their hit game going again. Pitching, great. Their hit game, it's it's nothing. They're, I think at this point now, they're 7-12. and 12 in this weak division mm-hmm. this isn't like you know this is a rocket science they should be doing better than what they're showing right now and you know unfortunately now coming up with a big series against the yankees i don't think much is going to change until they play the cubs even boston looks pretty good this year so i wouldn't necessarily say either that okay you got an easy couple of games after this one with the yankees i i'd say the Yankees and Boston right now for them, th- they're going to be tough series. So here's the thing we talked about all the time. Like, you know, the White Sox, they're a good home run hitting team, but they got to create mm-hmm. runs and, and yeah. you know, get selling yep. bases. You're starting to see that a little bit. Luis Robert always kills the rails. He did that mm-hmm. uh, in this series, in this five-game series, which the Sox took three out of five. Uh, Luis, uh, a.k.a. La Pantera, uh, mm-hmm. knocked out two home runs. He knocked out a big one yesterday to give the White Sox a much-needed cushion. But it looks like Jose Abreu is starting to slowly come out of it. He still has a long way to go. You may have to drop a, a, a couple of spots in that lineup, which it looks like Tony Russo finally is waking up to see that he has to do that. But it looks like Jose Abreu is starting to come out of that a little bit. Uh, Yasmani Grandal had a home run in that series in Kansas City. Hopefully he'll start to come out of it a little bit. So uh, it looks like the White Sox are finally starting to turn the corner. But I'm with you, Lakina. We said this last hour. I'm waiting to see what happens. This weekend in this series against mm-hmm. the Yankees, I think they could take a game. I really yeah, do. I think right. they could take the game. They cannot afford to get swept. No, I don't think they will. I think that you know the Sox are too talented. Like you guys have said, they're starting to kind of find the rhythm and such. The weather's getting warmer. Oh well, of course. <laughs> well, it's good. I'm sure, I think it's gonna be warm out in New York, but unfortunately, when they come back here, it's gonna get you know pretty you know cool. You know, in their series against the Cubs later this next week. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's gonna be interesting though. Um, no doubt about it. Uh, real quick before we go to break, Christine, what are your thoughts on the uh, NBA uh, NBA conference finals so far? You know, I, I think this is the year for Jimmy Butler to, to get himself a ring. He He's worked too hard over the years, and, and I got a lot of confidence in, in Miami. It's not exactly the trifecta effect, what we saw with Wade, Bosch, and LeBron. It's a different type of effect. It's a different type of 
young energy that that are hungry for a win. Same thing with the Celtics. You know, that's a that's a legendary organization full of championships under their belts. And this is kind of getting the new generation of Celtics fans excited about the team and what's to come in the future. Um, as far as Golden State and the Mavs go, it, it all depends, I think, on how Luca plays. I think I saw he had a pregame beer or something like that before the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, if you can do it, you can do it. But um, yeah, that that should be a good one too. Um, I know the the Warriors they've struggled this season, but now they're coming into their own. But but Luca and the Mavs, I I wouldn't count them out just yet. We'll have more with our homegirl Christine the Queen Manica from KXRB right after this. We'll get into the Patrick Beverly controversy. We'll get Christine's thoughts more on the White Sox, and I'm sure we'll have some sports media nuggets here and there as well as we wrap also, up today's yeah, all, show. Yeah, and also, too, I'm sure Christine will have her thoughts on the PGA Championship that's going on right now over in uh, Oklahoma. John Daly's actually doing well. I can't believe it. I know, right? I've seen the pictures. <laughs> he actually doing, yeah, he is. We also, hold that thought. We'll have Man. more of that We'll have more on that and so much more coming up next to the Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you in a bit. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. There you are. <laughs> Welcome back to Second City Sports, the all-new Friday edition right here, live in the 11 Color Sports Zone, Chicago. 
I'm Sid. That's looking. It's Christine. We have less than a half hour left in this program for today and for the week. You have a question or comment for us. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your question or comments in the comment section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. Before we move on, Christine, I want to get your thoughts about another controversial issue with the White Sox, of course, the White Sox split a day-night doubleheader as part of that five-game series on Tuesday against the Kansas City Royals. As again, former manager of the White Sox, now, of course, a TV analyst on NBC Sports Chicago. I know he ruffled some feathers uh, with his commentary, but it's pretty much based in baseball logic. And he said, and I quote, that uh, that uh, players, like uh, uh, he used Tim Anderson as an example, that uh Tony La Russa uh, sent out his quote-unquote Sunday lineup for the game two of that day-night doubleheader. Of course, the Sox lost that one two to one. Yoshi was angered about that because uh, the Sox could have won that game, but Tony La Russa does not uh, set consistent lineups every day. I know you got to get some guys in to get some at-bats, but he doesn't set a a, 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 a daily lineup and that's what frustrates me but Isaac Guillen said uh, on the post game show on Tuesday why do you have to sit some guys here and there it looks like they're uh, they're uh, paraphrasing here and it looks like uh, you calling them you're spoiling them of course mm -hmm. Tim Anderson fired back and on on the, from his Twitter kind of said set the bleep up Isaiah of course I think it was deleted since then uh what are your thoughts about that controversy and your thoughts about uh LaRusso the way he's managing his team right now you know, as as far as Ozzy's comment goes, I mean, that's part of his job is to commentate and to say his reaction of what's going on, especially with a team that he's coached and he pretty much knows that organization like the back of his hand. Um, as far as how Tony manages, it's it's different. You know, the, the guy is 60, 70-something years old. You know, it's not going to be like – modern day baseball I think that's what you call it I don't know he just mm -hmm. he's from a different era in baseball and he just is accustomed to doing things differently and maybe maybe some of the players don't agree with it maybe the reason why Tim Anderson got heated is because maybe he does appreciate what Lou Russa does and appreciates maybe the the occasional rest for a doubleheader and stuff like that I don't know I'm not in his head I I don't know what he's thinking but um, as far as managing styles go for La Russa, it could definitely be improved. It can definitely be more of a of a modern day twist on things. But I I just think he's he's been in the game long enough to know that he's he's set in his ways. That's not a problem. But you're going to make the fans angry in the long run. I, I I said this earlier, and I wonder if if. The Sox would be in if the Sox were in first place right now instead of you know behind the Twins by three games. Would this even be a big issue? No, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's so that's 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 the problem. So yeah, I'm, again, if the Sox can get together, this will all be a moot point. If not, people are gonna be going back and forth with these comments throughout the season. And uh, yeah, if you're a White Sox fan, you do not want that. You do not want that at mm -hmm. all. All right, uh, let's get this out the way, uh, Christy. The PGA Championship is going on right now as we speak at Southern Hills in Tulsa. Um, Justin Thomas, who has one of these, he won in 2016. He is your clubhouse leader at six under among some of the, uh, the other pl uh, players, uh, big players that are in uh, contention. Rory McIlroy, who has one as well. He's just starting to tee off right now as he's as we speak. Matt Kuchar just uh 
Par the first hole and a few others. Uh, Tony Fino is up there as well. I see Cameron Smith, your guy from Australia. Uh, <laughs> he's at two under. Uh, also, Tuzanda Shoffley is also at two under right now. They're just starting. Uh, Tiger, yeah, struggle. Top 78, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what he does. He's about to tee off as well. And uh, look, John Daly, who has one, two, like who you were talking about, he's at two over right now. Um, he's at even par. He might make the cut this, you know, for this year. So what are your thoughts on the, the PGA championship? Good for John Daly, man. I mean, to, to keep up with these young players like Cam Smith and McElroy and, and Justin Thomas, that's, that's impressive that they're, that they're keeping up like that. I feel horrible for Tiger that he, that he's going mm. through so much pain and just, a lot of aches and and sores and it, it's just it's tough it, it does a number on your body i think the masters did a number on his body too and he's been trying to to work back into it now i i don't know if is tiger using a cart for this tournament or no i i have not seen a cart because i've seen jay well it's john daly but oh, i've yeah, seen him use use right. a cart so i guess i i question i i get I get it. He wants to show his strength, Tiger Woods. He wants to show that he's, you know, he's strong enough to do it. But I think at a certain point, especially when you're you're still trying to recover and you went through such a such a grueling course with the Masters, I think at some point you say, Tiger, can can you just use the card for a second so you don't strain yourself that much? You know, that's that's what I think would be uh, a main point for me anyway um with McElroy going to tee off now it's it's anybody's game I I think it's going to be a good battle between him and Thomas yeah Chip yeah that would be really good if you're CBS so uh, yeah. and others you know Cameron Smith Matt Kuchar those guys and others you know, Will Z is, is up there as well he's got a couple of PGA uh uh tour you know tour uh tournament so uh he this is his first rodeo either so yeah it should be a fun one even though a tiger looks like if unless tiger has like a tiger like performance he might miss a cut you guys do you guys think that he came back too soon do i um the you know i think for the masters he accomplished his goal he -hmm. wanted to get back in the masters now if I remember this correctly, I, I remember him saying I, I'm s- focusing on St. Andrew because that's right. one of his favorite courses, one of his favorite tournaments. So when I heard that he was doing the, the PGA Championship, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, what happened to getting ready for St. Andrew? You, you know why? Yeah. So in, in this regard, I don't think he should have done this. I, I think he he pushed the envelope just a little bit. Um, because it could potentially affect his perf- performance now for St. Andrew. I agree. I I, I feel like because you could tell the way he was swinging the uh the the, the club, you know, he, he was wincing the whole time. Yeah. It was painful well, to I, watch. I mean, Tiger's jacked, like he's right. legitimately jacked at the at the waist up. Like it's yeah. crazy how in shape this guy is. But I think after the Masters, he should have really just focused on the recovery and just getting that leg strength. Cause I, I don't think it's helping him playing in this championship right now. And it looks like weather shouldn't be a factor. It's going to be, it's actually going to be cool. I think on Saturday and Sunday, I believe Christine, if I'm, yeah. if I'm, that's a you great, know, if he gets at least two over tiger, that that's a, that's a good, that's a good mm-hmm. day. If he can come back from four over and get to, to two over, 
hey, you, you take what you can get. It's it's been done before for sure, but his circumstances are they're they're different just because of his injury. It should, should be a fun one. And uh, uh, round two is going on right now on ESPN. You can watch the uh, the weekend broadcast. I know they got an early one on ESPN, but you can watch the main broadcast on CBS Saturday for tomorrow and Sunday. So all you golf fans out there, make sure you guys check that out. Yeah, I saw Joe Buck is making his ESPN debut with Michael Collins. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually really house. good. Yeah, that yeah. was actually really good. That was actually on, really on good. A side note, on a sky note, too, uh, Dustin Johnson, he's not doing well at right. all. He finished six over for the day in total between the two, so I don't think he's making the cut. Mm-hmm. And poor Scotty Scheffler, yeah. he, he's out. He's six over. He's, yeah. he's not continuing, but – you know, he probably thought, I just won the Masters. This isn't going to be too terrible. But, <laughs> ouch, that's still just just a side note there. Gosh. Well, yeah. Well, and look, too. Look, he's been playing well at just about every tournament right. he's been in. So he's allowed a stinker you know, every once in a while. Because even the, all some of the players great... are. All yeah. So it's, are. it's yeah. fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to be too upset if he doesn't make if he doesn't miss in the cut. But he's I'm sure he's not going to be too too no. bummed about it. You know, look, he'll spend some more time, you know, chilling with his trophy. So <laughs> his green jacket. <laughs> yeah, right. Wearing that on a little bit. Yeah, this is I can see sports on sports on Chicago. Cindy Brown, the Kingdom McGee, and our girl Cakes RP's Christine Medica taking you home for these uh, the rest of the half hour. Um, I know, so you got some sports media news to share with us. Please, please. Yes, yes. Despite being pursued by Fox, Dan Ovlovsky of ESPN will be up with the company and he'll be replacing Brian Greasy in the TV booth. Of course, Brian Greasy, now quarterback's coach with the San Francisco 49ers, who play the Bears, by the way, in the opening week of this upcoming season. Yeah, It will be uh, the number two booth for ESPN will be Steve Levy, Lewis Reddick, and Dan Oslowski. Thoughts? Okay. Yeah, that, that, that works for me. I think, look, I, I figured that they're going to be the number two team, especially even when, you know, Greasy leaving. I know that they would, you know, you know Steve and uh, Lewis would still be together. And I think having Dan there, who is so, you know, intense and so, you know, very, like, breaks it down, like, you know, layer by layer. Mm-hmm. He's really good. Yeah, he, yeah, he's had some bad takes, but, you know, look, everybody's had some bad takes. So, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think they do – I think they'll do do fine together because you got, you know, they're going to be doing like four games, you know, this coming season. They're going to be doing like five games starting next season with a new TV deal kicks in. I'm sure they're going to be doing some college football as well, you know, sprinkle in. So I think, yeah, I, I think this is fine. I like, I like Orlovsky a lot. I think he's, you know, great. Analyst. I think they made the right choice. Everything that you just said, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Christine with the old duck and fake. <laughs> <laughs> Stick it with ESPN. Uh, ESPN announces 30 for 30 docs on the 2000 Baltimore Ravens and pool legend Jeanette Lee. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Uh, of course, you know, I'll start with Jeanette, Jeanette Lee first because in, in my in our, our age range, Sid, women's billiards, well, billiards in general was like huge for ESPN in the late Especially in the, in the 90s, yes. In the 90s especially. She was at the forefront. Her, uh, uh, you know, Karen Core, uh, Allison, darn, I forgot her last name. She's British. Uh, Vivian Villarreal, Allison Fisher. That's who, that's, that's the name. I, I just, it just popped in my head. They were definitely like right there. Every final, every semifinal, you can, you can, you know, see like either one of those uh, four women because <laughs> they were just so dominant. And she was very dominant too. She was known as a black widow and such. You know, definitely, you know, paved the way for, uh, for Asian American women, minorities in general in that sport. Mm-hmm. 
Now, unfortunately, she's been, you know, she's dealing with terminal cancer. So, you know, but she's a, a fighter. She's always been a fighter. And, you know, she's breaking down barriers on and off the, the, the billiards table. You know, she, her, I think her oldest daughter is about to graduate from high school. That's totally how old we, or about a college, I should say. That's how old we are, Sid. Cause, you know, cause I remember they were like little bitty babies when she first, you know, became number one. And, you know, I, I'm glad that they're, you know, showcasing her and, you know, in this new 30 for 30. I think she is more deserving. I think ho- I, hopefully she's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. I, no. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Christine. I was going to say, I, I agree. You know, I think it's great to highlight women in sports and the ladies that kind of paved the way for, mm-hmm. for you, Lakina, for me too. So, mm-hmm. cause we want to be, we want to be here right now. If it wasn't for the ladies that said, yeah, I'm going to break this glass ceiling. So I think that's awesome. Same thing with, with Baltimore, you know, they were, they were studs in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Why, why not feature them? Yeah, I was going to bring up the uh, Baltimore uh, Ravens next. Of course, uh, 30 for 30 doc, uh, doc is going to be done on there. Of course, remember, Ray Lewis spent almost the yep. entire offseason in jail due mm. to that shooting following that Super Bowl the previous year in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, uh, Brian Bell, who's now uh, helping out uh, her networks at the University of uh, Arizona State, he was the head coach of that team at that time. I wonder if they're going to interview Trent Dillford, who used to work at ESPN. Uh, many moons ago of course you know he was the quarterback of, of mm-hmm. that team of course he got released after they won the Super Bowl so I want to see what uh, what type of angles they uh, uh, go with this one remember it was America's game which was produced by NFL films yes which I thought they, they did a good job on that 2000 uh, Ravens team but I really see uh, how many ways which way ESPN goes and will they get Shannon Sharp who now works with Fox Sports uh, with that undisputed show with skip Bayless. do they did they get him up for this job because he was one of the high personalities on that team as well i'm sure they will i, I think they that, that that team you know those teams in the early 2000s were just amazing that defense was you know right right you know after the 85 bears defense I mean, yeah they were just lights out and i'm wondering though if they're going to delve right to the, the that they with ray lewis and you know what happened during that super bowl i worked before that super bowl and I'm sure they're gonna. I'm sure they're gonna have Trent Dilfer there too. I mean, he he worked for AS, ASPN for years. He was a big part of. Well, someone say he wasn't, but look, someone had to play quarterback during yeah. that, that time. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll reach out to him as well. And it's gonna be very interesting. I think. Look, this is one of those teams that, especially in this century, I think you probably say they were probably one of the best teams or right up there. You know, for the best teams of the century. So both both of these uh, docs they got coming up. You know, ESPN 33 does a great job. So. Yeah. They're gonna, I'm sure they're gonna, they're gonna score some two good ones, and I'll have to buy DVR set for both of them. Yes, and number two, really, Kina, uh, NFL fans didn't cover this in their documentary series, America's Game. I wonder if ESPN even tried this. Remember, Trent Dilfer was not the opening day quarterback, it was Tony Banks. He got benched yes. in like the fourth or fifth game. Yes, did they reach out to him for this doc? Hmm. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I know <laughs> Tony's doing T. I think he's either coaching or doing TV somewhere. I think so. Okay. We'll, we'll we'll see if they do reach out to him. But yeah, a lot of interesting characters on that Baltimore Ravens. On those Baltimore Ravens teams. Yes. In the I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, and this is before social media too became like yeah. a big thing. Mm-hmm. So just imagine if social media had been around with all that stuff was happening with Ray Ooh, Lewis. Oh boy. Yeah, like I said, the internet was in its baby stages back then. It was mm-hmm. just starting to take off. But like I said, social media, as we all know, it's a 
whole different animal. Sticking with ESPN and ABC uh, one more time. Disney and ESPN strike exclusive multi-year deal to broadcast XFL games. Of course, the XFL is headed by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They'll start next year in 2023. I think February 18th, so right after the Super Bowl. You know, it kind of makes sense because everyone's like, what's The Rock doing at the start of the Super Bowl this year? You know, they're like, why Why mm-hmm. is he there? Besides it being Hollywood, it, it all makes sense now because he's going to be the face of the XFL. You know, I think it's they they had a pretty good, I think, inaugural season for the most part. But then COVID kind of put a wrench in in the plans yeah. and everything. So mm-hmm. I I think it's a it's a pretty good move. And The Rock is. He's recognizable through throughout all sports, throughout all types of media. So mm-hmm. he, I think he's a good choice for that. And plus, he's relatable. Everybody can relate to The Rock. And everyone likes The Rock too. So I think that's why I mean, this could, loves The Rock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look, this this could definitely be a a good thing for the league itself. You know, putting him, you know, putting his name in there, being the face of it. Yeah. So look, uh, we'll we'll see if we get some stars. You know, maybe some familiar names will be you know playing there. They're gonna make it a little more football, a little less wrestling. You know, we'll probably they'll probably have some theatrics and stuff like that. They made the original XFL. Uh, well, at, in the early stages, you know, really good. So uh, look, it's a low risk person. You know, you know, potentially high reward for ESPN and ABC. So it, it's great to fill programming during the spring. So it's fine. Yeah. Let's go over to Fox Sports. Uh, again, Lakina, we talked about this. Uh, I think we talked about this with you last week, uh, Christine. Uh, Greg Olson and Kevin yeah, Burkhardt would be the number one crew for this upcoming season. Uh, Fox officially announced that Greg Olson will reportedly call this year's Super Bowl for Fox despite Tom Brady looming. Now, whenever Tom Brady hangs it up, he's going to work for Fox. Will he be joining uh, the number one team, or will Tom Brady uh, be joining a different team? That remains to be seen. But Greg Olson for this year will call the Super Bowl with Kevin Burkhart for Fox. That That's exciting. You know, I wonder, because Aaron Andrews worked with Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman for a long time, so I'm more curious <laughs> to see how that dynamic is going to go. Because when you work with someone for a period of time, you not only – only create a good working environment, but you create a, a friendship out of it as well. So I, it's going to be very interesting to see how, how they play off of each other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, if you heard uh, her interview, I mean, she and Troy are kind of like your know, brother and sister. So yeah. they worked together for like almost like over a decade. So mm-hmm. I'm sure this is going to be different. I, I'm sure though, though, I'm sure the dynamic between her and you know, Kevin and Greg are going to be just fine. Now, It'll be interesting to see by a time the next Super Bowl after that Super Bowl because I think I think CBS has it after them and then because the new remember the new TV that deal kicks about in right yeah it's because new TV deal kicks in and you know next year so and then mm-hmm. the box has it after that so the question is will Tom Brady you know <laughs> still be playing or will he be doing uh, the uh, the, the I'm, Super all, Bowl? I'm all for it if Tom Brady keeps going. <laughs> right, I mean that's going to be interesting. <laughs> that's going to be interesting too. But let him play if he wants to keep going. Let him play. Yeah, let him play. I mean, the, the money's going to be waiting for him. So right, you know, let him play. Let him play. But uh, yeah, they he might stay in the studio first. You know, before he gets into the out there to the in the booth. So I mean, look, I'm sure Kevin Burke. I know some people are feeling for him because it'll be his fourth fourth partner in five years if Ray decides to retire after this season. But you know he's adapted you know well with all his guys. You know we know that he's got great chemistry with him and uh and Greg. So 
I don't think it's going to be a problem when Tom Brady comes again. Will Tom Brady be any good? That's a whole nother thing, but I'm sure he will be. He'll he'll get into it. But look, I'm sure you know, whatever Super Bowl matchup, you know, I'm sure Greg's going to do just fine calling the Super Bowl. And, you know, we'll see if he makes Fox rethink things. They probably won't, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Second City Sports, the Friday edition. We're live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine uh, wrapping up today's show. We still have a couple more minutes left. We're going to finish strong. Guys, speaking of finishing strong, the NBA Finals will start in a couple of weeks. But the NBA uh, executives and Commissioner Adam, Sil Adam Silver uh, can smile from ear to ear. With the Boston Celtics, Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks uh, battling the Western Conference Finals. Despite not having LeBron James in, the, in Los Angeles, the number two TV market, despite not having the Bulls, the number three TV market, and definitely despite not having the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks, of course, in the, the number one TV market, the NBA ratings in the NBA playoffs thus far has been the best at, the, at its highest since 2014, LeBron James last year in Miami. Thoughts. It says a lot. It says a lot about the current athletes that are fighting for this title, because I think we talk about this with baseball and, and football too. You got to find your, the face of your franchise or the face of the NBA, right? Obviously for a long time, it was Jordan. And then you mix in Kobe in there, you mix in Shaq and Barkley. And now we're getting into the next phase of the NBA, where at one point it was Derrick Rose. Now it's turning into Jimmy Butler. And then you have um, Giannis and LeBron and Kevin Durant at one point. So it gets, I think, people excited for the future of the NBA, that there are players that are exciting to watch. Steph Curry, he's still one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Luca, he's going to be a, mm -hmm. a new face for the team too. And if the Bulls get their act together, we could have, you know, DeMar or DeRozan be the next face for the NBA, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, you know, for all those folks that thought, oh, well, no one's going to watch because LeBron's not there or no one's going to watch that Brooklyn is, you know, Brooklyn got eliminated. Yeah. I, I mean, I think hopefully this will answer that question. <laughs> hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll answer that question. I mean, look, you've got four great markets, you know, great teams with great history. And like I told Sid last week, you know, if you're ESPN, ABC, you can't go wrong with whatever combination you have for the NBA finals, whatever it is that be, whether it's Boston or Golden State or Miami and Golden State or Boston and Dallas or Miami and Dallas, it, they can't really go wrong. You got stars with all four teams. They all have rich history. And so for people that, that think that, oh, well, no one's going to watch because LeBron's not LeBron's not there and KD and such, look, it, it, at least so far, and uh, you know, I know some of the games haven't been blow, have been blowouts, they haven't been very competitive, but just seeing seeing the ratings, I think if you're, you've got to be pretty happy if you're the NBA. I think if you're an NBA executive, like you mentioned like, you know, us as uh, deep thinkers uh, watching this stuff very closely, you can't go wrong with with any of those four potential matchups in the NBA Finals. But if you're an NBA uh, a TV executive, i.e. ESPN and ABC, uh, you would think you would want Miami and Golden State because Steph Curry's back, Clay Thompson's back. This is their redemption tour. You know, people haven't used that term with this team all year. Uh, let's be honest. The media wants to go to South Beach for free. <laughs> and if you have Golden State in Miami, uh, they'll be great. But I think the better matchup basketball-wise for me personally, especially for the casual fan, would be Boston Golden State because you have a historic franchise in Boston. This is the first time they'll be in the NBA Finals since I believe 2010. So it's been over a decade mm -hmm. since they 
uh, been in the NBA Finals. Of course, you have Golden State with their return to glory uh, uh, so far this year if they should reach the NBA Finals. So I think Boston, Golden State will make more sense. But I think if you're a TV executive, you're a member of the media, uh, it'll be Golden State, Miami, because you you want to go to South Beach for free for a week. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Someone will say it out loud like I just did, but I'm You're... spitting out nothing but facts. Oh, gosh. Oh, no, right. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay. Any other uh, thoughts uh, before we disperse, folks? Anything that catches your eye this week in sports or entertainment? I'm, I'm rooting for Tiger to, to pull himself together. Let, let's see. Oh, boy. Let's see if there's an update in scoring. Okay. Yeah. Get back to me. It's loading. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got the game. I got the. the uh, going on right now uh he did uh par the the first hole so that's that's a good start he's on the second hole right now that's better than nothing right yeah yeah so he's, <laughs> he's where he bogeyed uh yesterday so we'll see if he can make at least try to uh make the cuts i think that's that's all i can ask exactly. for Tiger. like i said if he if he is at least two over then he'll he'll be in good shape all right yeah we'll see if he does of course you got the you know the PGA championship this weekend. Also, you got great playoff uh, matchups, you know, continuing with the conference finals in the NBA and in the um second round of the NHL playoffs. Um, a lot of uh fun matchups there. We talked about it. Also, too, for all you soccer fans, Premier League is ending. It'll either be Man City or Liverpool. It's coming down to this. It'll be interesting to see what they're gonna be playing at the same time. So there won't be any scoreboard watching as they do. But I know Everton is, you know, ecstatic that they haven't been relegated. So for all you soccer fans, check it out on the NBC uh, Family Networks as well as Peacock. And also you got some great baseball matchups as well. And also does it so WNBA too. So lots of great sports coming out. What are you looking forward to uh, this weekend, Sid? Oh, of course, the White Sox surprised me. Take two out of three from the Yankees. Oh, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a tall task right now, but well, hold uh, your breath, you, the pitch. <laughs> What's up? Hold your breath. I, I guess. <laughs> but it shouldn't be too hard to ask. At least take one game. How about that? Take one take game. One. Surprise me. That's all we ask. <laughs> That's all we ask. <laughs> get two. Get two. Get two. Get two. Oh, brother. <laughs> and and, and hopefully that hopefully uh, back to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Hopefully that Edmonton uh Calgary series continues to get um, uh to be more entertaining. Yeah, yeah, we're probably gonna get like like 10 9 or something like that for tonight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see, but uh, yeah, Stewart Sink, who is a, a former Open champion, uh, you know, just uh, safe to par, so he's right there too. He's at uh, minus two, so he could be a factor this weekend. So, you know, like I said, a lot of great sports this weekend coming up. With that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. Christine, where can the lovely people follow you? They can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore kxrb. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Second City Sports at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you follow War Media at W A R R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live in a living color from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more again as you 
Young kids would say, Christine. Make sure you catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live in the Olympic Color from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here exclusively on Sports Zone Chicago. All right, folks. Uh, you know, enjoy the sports. I know it's going to be cooler in some parts. You know, in our part of the country, it's going to be like rainy and wet and cool. It's going to be like early spring. Jesus. So make sure you guys stay warm. I know it's going to be warm out there out east. So uh, make sure you guys uh, stay cool. Uh, so yeah, enjoy the sports this weekend, everybody. For Sid and Christine, I'm Lakina. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll talk to you Monday. Go, Sox! Holla! <laughs>